Welcome to the Davos in the Desert podcast series. My name is Mark Oliver and I am the producer of the Davos in the Desert podcast series. Our podcasts feature thought leaders in business and public policy. Our sessions are meant to be informative and thought-provoking. The topic of this session is an overview of senior helpers, and our guest is James DeVerry. Mr. DeVerry is the co-owner of Senior Helpers of Gilbert and Chandler, Arizona. James is also a managing director at AGP, Alliance Global Partners and a board member at the United War Veterans Council. Without further ado, here is David Wanatik, the CEO of Davos in the Desert and the host of our podcast series. Hello, everyone. My name is David Wanatik, the CEO of Davos in the Desert. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, today, we're going to learn about senior helpers of Gilbert and Chandler, Arizona. Uh, here to introduce us to senior helpers is James DeVerry, the co-owner of Senior Helpers of Gilbert and Chandler, uh, Arizona. James, thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I'm pretty excited to be here. Good. So maybe you can just tell us uh, some of the services that Senior Helpers offers the community. Yeah, sure. So we're non-medical in-home caregivers. Um, so we primarily work in private homes, but we can go and work in facilities like an independent living, memory care, as long as the facility will allow us. So, you know, if a family is interested in having more one-on-one -on -one companion care with their loved one because they cannot be there, they would reach out to us. Um, so again, you know, companion care is someone that's at home or in a facility that really has no one to interact with. So we can bring a caregiver to their home or facility to whether it's going to do daily activities or just playing cards or something in, in their in local environment up to sitter services. So, you know, we have a lot of individuals having surgeries now or even before. So we can take the individual to the surgical center or to the doctor. Uh, we can't be in a surgery, but we can take the notes from the doctor and we have what we call our family portal. We can update those notes into the portal. This way, everyone in the family up to eight users can actually see what was going on and what the doctor's recommendations were. So again, there's a broad spectrum of things we can do as far as that family portal. Um, and then a little bit more focused, uh, we work with families with dementia and Parkinson's. And I guess we can dig into the training a little bit more in the conversation, but we do have caregivers solely for families that are have loved ones that have dementia. So we can go and help, whether it's, you know, spend the day with them, take them to different events, or just give that family some time to go do what they need to do, that respite care, we can facilitate that for them. As from dementia, Parkinson's, or just anyone that has any major, any issues whatsoever. You said that uh, your business is not medical oriented, but do, do you, do your people remind uh, the elderly people to take their medicines? Do they administer any injections? Um, I would imagine people that are bedridden, your people can help turn them over and mm -hmm. uh, things like that. Sure. So we do medication reminders. Uh, we do not actually take pills out of the bottles and give to the, the, the patient or the family um, solely for, you know, in case there's, you know, liability there, there's an issue right we, we don't want to have any liability on that so we'll do we'll ask the family and again the first thing we do before we meet with it or 
provide care for anyone as we create our, our care plans. So we ask the family to have these medical planners and we'll have all that set up. So the caregiver can go in and do reminders. Um, injections, we do not do any injections. Again, we can administer, excuse me, not administer, but we can watch the loved one or somebody administer it for the family, but we cannot have a caregiver actually do any injections for someone. Okay. Um, do you uh, only cater to the elderly or if there's somebody that's below the age of, of uh, you know, a senior um, that needs help in the home, um, would you take on those kinds of clients as well? We, we can definitely, yes. Um, so again, for us, the first line before a caregiver goes out is doing an assessment. So we're assessing the risk um, for the family or the individual, as well as for the caregiver. Right. So, you know, we just want to make sure that if we're going to service somebody that's not a senior, that the intentions are there for the service and, and no other reasons. But, yeah, we can go as low as we really want in regards to age. And um, typically, how long are your employees um, deployed to the uh, client's uh, house? Is it a few hours a day or do you offer live in service? So we, so we can do anything from a minimum of three hours a week up to 24-7 care. So it's a, again, it's just going to all be based off of the care plan and what the family's budget as well as, you know, what they're looking for. But our services start at minimally three hours and then we move up. Mm -hmm. And do most of your clients uh, privately pay or does the health insurance or long-term insurance pay? Yeah, so actually both. Um, so we're currently uh, vendors of, of Humana. So Humana, they actually provide a service for some of their members where they can reach out to us and Humana will pay for so many hours. Uh, we are contracted with the VA as well. So the VA has some really good benefits for veterans. There's actually three that are available. Uh, not many people know about. Um, and then um, long-term care, a lot of life insurance companies started allowing individuals to take early withdrawals, accelerated death benefits. So if you hit certain ADLs, uh, active daily living, uh, I think it's two of, uh, two of five. If, if you hit those measurements, you can withdraw a certain percentage of your death benefit out for our services and other services as well. And then we have private pay, right? So where the individual's coming out of their own pocket or the family's pulling together to pay for the service. And uh, are the fees pretty much uh, the same like on an hourly basis or does it depend on the level of care that the patient needs? So we keep it flat. So, you know, Senior Helpers is a franchise. So me and my wife, we own the Gilbert Chandler territory of Arizona. So we're allowed to have our pricing model as we see fit. So we've decided that we would keep it in our opinion simple. So it's $35 an hour Monday to Friday. And then on the weekends, it's $3 more. So it would be $38 for, for Saturday and Sundays. And then there, you know, throughout the year, you have holidays. We've got Memorial Day coming up. So because of we do pay our, our staff time and a half on a holiday, you would pay you know, that 35 or whatever it's falling on a weekend, whatever that rate is, you know, the, the rate plus half. So. 
Mm -hmm. Are there any volume discounts if you send a live-in uh, caregiver? Or Yeah, we would do, yes. Yep. Okay. So again, it just really depends on what the care plan looks like. I have those conversations, right? We're in business, but we also want to have an impact on the community and help the community. So I'm happy to have conversations with families in order to help them as much as we can. Mm -hmm. And do you typically uh, try to send the same caregivers to to the, the residents? Yes, that's our goal. Um, so our goal is to provide the same caregiver. Now life happens, right? We had a situation the other day where a caregiver was rear-ended on our way to the shift. So I went over and actually pulled the shift, right? So again, but if we can't bring in a backup, I'll do it, or my office manager, Tanita, she'll go out and pull it. But again, the end of the day, we want to provide that same caregiver if, if they're available. And what kind of credentials or training uh, do your caregivers have? So as far as our training, we have our own training program. When I say we, senior helpers. So again, it's a franchise. So senior helpers has been around the industry for over 20 years now. Um, so they have uh, David Chandler, who's the, the trainer. So he's created the presentation and the training. So all of our caregivers, whether it's their first day as a caregiver, or we do have a caregiver that's been doing this for 20 years, everyone needs to come into our office location. We've created a studio apartment where there's a kitchen, there's a bed, there's a couch, there's a recliner, there's a shower and a bathtub. So we're actually training caregivers on the basics and what they may see. And then we do additional training on top of that for individuals that are going out to, um, to dementia or Parkinson's. So again, our center of excellence, all the caregivers have to go. It's, it's about a five-hour training course just to go out and visit with the client or care for a client before, you know, on their first visit. So they have to go through that training. Uh, on the first visit of a caregiver, are they accompanied by a more ex uh, experienced caregiver or is the five hours of training uh, enough? So we do shadowing if it's a situation where there's additional care that's required based on the care plan, right? Mm -hmm. So we do have some families where individuals are bedridden. So what we'll do is we'll have the younger or the newer caregiver complete the orientation and then they'll go, tr they'll shadow the more experienced caregiver servicing that family. That way they get that exposure and that experience. Mm -hmm. And do you perform any kind of background checks on the caregivers? We do. So we do local and federal background checks. We also uh, check for DM, DMV records and ensure that the caregiver is up to date on their insurance. So all of our caregivers, again, we run the, the full gamut on the background checks. All of them have to have a car as well as be insured. And we're ensuring that the insurance is valid because one of the services, again, that we provide is driving somebody to and from a doctor's appointment or an activity. And we need to make sure that they're going to get there safely. And if there are any issues, that there's insurance and everybody's covered properly. Mm -hmm. um, do the caregivers have to be able to lift a certain amount of weight, you know, to help people out of bed or help them shower? Or do you test their, their strength in some cases? So we're not really testing strength, right? But again, when we're looking at caregivers and the care plan, we're making those assessments. We do have a caregiver that's pregnant. So she's no longer going to be anywhere where someone has mobility issues in case there is a need for lifting, right? So again, we are not allowed and we do not move dead weight. 
So we do have families, again, that are bedridden and they have what's called a Hoyer lift. So again, we would have a caregiver with that family that's trained to use that lift to help that individual move around if they need to. Mm -hmm. um, okay, um, that's all, all very interesting. Um, so we hear about the labor market being very tight. Um, uh, is that a concern? Is that a challenge uh, to recruit uh, good caregivers? It, it really is. Yeah, I think this week we uh, we hired three and one showed up. <laughs> yeah. So it, it really is. And for us, you know, this is something that is personal for me and my wife. You know, my father-in-law five years ago had a massive stroke on Christmas. He's had the need for caregivers since my brother, you know, when I was six months, was diagnosed with cancer. So I grew up in a family with the need. So for us, it's not just about putting a body in a house. We want compassionate people, somebody that really wants to be there and not just be there for the paycheck. So it makes it even harder, right? right. So going back to, you know, the, the, the crunch for solid employees that are one accountable is, is one thing, but finding someone that's actually compassionate and wants to be there for you know, to help somebody is, it just magnifies it. Mm -hmm. If somebody wanted to go into the same business that you're in senior care in a different part of the country, Missouri, for instance, mm -hmm. um, would you recommend that they go through a franchise, you know, become a franchisee or just start on their own? You know, there, there must be um, initiation costs you have to pay and royalties mm -hmm. you have to pay, um, you know, in your experience so far, um, are those fees worthwhile? Yeah, so good question. You know, it's like anything I think in life, right? Every individual needs to pick the path that they're best at. Yeah, you know, I served eight years in the army. I went in as a private, got out as a staff sergeant. So basically, I think I'm pretty good at following orders and executing, right? Um, so with that being said, for me, the franchise model made a lot of sense. Again, having experience with the need of caregivers, but not experience in the business aspect of caregiving, the franchise model made a lot of sense to me. And I'm okay giving up a little bit of my revenues in order to have a proven model work, you know, for me to execute, right? So then it's up to me to, you know, figure out which franchise I thought was the best. But I've met some individuals out here that are independently owned and they've been extremely successful. So I really just think it comes down to the individual and how their mind works for them to, you know, figure out which path they, they would want to go. Uh, so how does the franchisor help you? I think you mentioned the help with training, but uh, did they help with payment processing or marketing or the bureaucracy? You have a deal with Humana, I guess, you know, there's, uh, you know, my, my fear you know, dealing with them would be there's a lot of bureaucracy. Does, mm -hmm. does the franchisor help with that kind of thing? Yeah, they do. So again, you've got in senior helpers, we have over 300 franchise owners or territories, if you would. You could have one owner owning several territories. So there's over 300 territories. So you get that power of a group, right? When it comes down to vendors, right? I just hired a company to help us today, literally an hour ago. It's called Pre-Intent. They're going to do all the screening and they're going to set up the interviews for my director of people to hire people. 
So she no longer has to track candidates or go through that. It's all going to be processed and senior helpers corporate set that vendor up. Now they give us options. They don't say you have to use these. They give us recommendations and then they coach us through it. And if I have a question on it, which I did, I reach out to another territory owner and say, hey, you're using these guys. What's your thoughts? What's your feedback? Right. So for me, I think it's extremely helpful there, but not just setting up vendors and giving us options. Right. But it's also, again, it comes down to training. Um, so Senior Helpers partnered with an individual by the name of Tipa Snow. Um, if you're not familiar, she's been working with dementia families for over 40 years. She was just here in Arizona. She presented in Phoenix and Sun Lakes. Um, but again, Senior Helpers, we partnered with her about 15 years ago. She created what's called Senior Gyms. So that's our dementia training program. So all of my caregivers, they have to go through at least three training modules before they can leave orientation. But then the ones that are going to go visit and, and care for the families with dementia, they've got to go through more modules of training, right? So again, they bring that type of partnership and relationship for the territory owners without me going out there and trying to do it. Um, same thing with Parkinson's. So they partnered with John Hopkins Hospital. Senior Helpers is headquartered out of Baltimore. That's where John Hopkins is located. So there was a partnership formed as well, probably a little over 10 years ago. Um, with, with Parkinson's family. So our training program for our caregivers, again, was created by John Hopkins. So it just goes back to, you know, what I thought I could benefit from was, again, you know, the, the, the power of the group with negotiations, seeing the ability to bring on good vendors, having somebody vet that for me, as well as the, the training and the opportunities there. Are, are there cases where um, a client has a dementia that's too too uh, profound too bad that uh, you can't help them anymore yes and i make recommendations you know again it just goes back to what's the intentions of the individual right so for us when i say us me and my wife as a business when we go in and we do the assessment it's not just about okay we want this client i'll make recommendations to people you know our goal is to keep the loved one at home as safe as possible for as long as possible and, and comfortable. But there are times where you need more help. And that's where you'll find an assistant living, you know, these different facilities. And some are amazing and some aren't so much, right? Again, it goes back to anything else. But yes, to your point, um, there are times where we do make recommendations because I would not want my caregiver going in there and getting hurt because of some disease that's having an impact on an individual that can't really control their anger. Mm -hmm. um, you, you mentioned the portal. Um, maybe you can just talk a little bit more about that portal that you offer. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So we call it our, our family portal. So for instance, we have families that we literally will drive to and from the hospital or the doctor. So you go into the doctor. No, here in Arizona, some of the facilities, they actually have a, a, someone that writes down all the notes for the family. So what we would do in that situation is we could just take a picture of the doctor's notes, and then we upload it into the family portal, and then the family, and then we can add notes to that photo as well. And then the family, whenever they have time, whether they're in Arizona or New York City, they can turn around and log into the portal whenever they want and review the doctor's notes and then see the caregiver notes on top of that. 
the family can then send a message to the caregiver or myself and our, our office management has the access to the portal. We can send communications back and forth. Please change the schedule for so-and-so on this date. Yes, please add this to the care plan, right? And if we need to do something you know, with, with the care plan, it's all available and it's all through the portal. And like I said, we can do up to eight family members because some families are pretty big, right? Uh -huh. As far as the supply and demand for the uh, customers, um, is there a huge amount of demand um, or you know, is, is the demand slightly ahead of your capacity to serve them? I guess it's kind of an ebb and flow. So, you know, currently we're, we're on par with where we need to be to service the families that we need. We're hiring every single day, right? Our goal is to continue to grow and, and bring in caregivers. But like I said, our goal isn't to just stick a body there. So it's pretty intense. Um, and with that, we also, again, having the great relationship of a franchise, if there's somebody that I can't bring on because I don't have the staff, I'll reach out to the owner in Tempe, the owners in Scottsdale and Mesa. We all have the same vision. We all have the same model. So if I have a caregiver that calls out, I can reach out to them and I know they're going to staff just as well as I would. So it, that that helps, right? So again, it's, yeah. Uh, how much of the of the service is uh, sort of social oriented or helping these people uh, connect with other people or to go to uh, events? You know, can you can you have a model where um, eight of your caregivers bring their customers to a bingo night or a book reading night or maybe mm -hmm. light exercise? Um, you know. Would that be something that would be of interest to some of your customers? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. When I recently connected with a group of individuals, um, they their their model was the, if you would, the geek squad for seniors, right? So they're going to be going into the homes uh, and, and helping seniors from you know, password recovery to setting up the desktop or the laptop, right? But they also have in their model virtual reality headsets. So getting to your question, I've been structuring opportunities with some of the veterans groups that I'm associated with in the Gilbert, Ch Chandler, and Mesa area, where we're, the goal is to take the veteran to DC. If they can't get on an honor flight or they just can't go anywhere, we want to get them you know, to where they want to go. And we can do that through technology, right? So yes, we do things with the senior centers, uh, Gilbert and Chandler Senior Center. We've connected with them and sponsored a couple events. We did a big Valentine's Day car drive and we brought desserts in and we had the community, which was phenomenal. We made over 1600 cards in the community. And then me and my team, we just went out to different homes in the area that were senior homes and donated these cards. So I guess going on a tangent here, you know, a lot of individuals aren't really paying attention to the elderly community. And you have a lot of individuals that are, are being diagnosed with dementia right now. And a lot of people haven't recognized the impact that COVID and staying in your home has had on the elderly, right? That's kind of how, you know, dementia gets set in as we, we lose vitamin D, we're not, you know, keeping up with nutrition, but more importantly, we stop associating with others 
in our activity, right? So going back to the original question, we want to get these seniors into the community as, as much as we can. And if we can't, we want to try to use technology to help them have some activity and some life back. That's our goal. Mm-hmm. This might sound like a silly question, but it's it's, it's a real thing. Um, have you thought about using robots to, to help deliver service? Not necessarily the kind that are mobile that run around, but I, I've seen presentations. I did some work for a company years ago. Uh, I think their product was called LEQ. And okay. it's, uh, it's like a speaker um, that the elderly person interacts with. It, it learns the voice and it sort of mimics the voice and the cadence with which the person speaks and the accent. And um, it reminds them to take their medicine. Mm-hmm. It reminds them that they haven't spoken to their grand, grandchild, uh, Annie, uh, in three weeks. It's a time to give a call. It helps uh, send pictures and, and stuff like that. There are some technologies out there that are pretty interesting that could help um, with the labor shortage and also, you know, get that older person mm-hmm. some more social interaction. Yeah, we, we think those opportunities and types of companies are great, right? Again, to your point, medication reminders, that's a huge thing. You know, there are some systems that you can put, I think, up to 10 different medications into the machine for the month, and it will package it up on a daily basis, you know, can send a notification to, you know, to, to the loved one or the individual or the family, hey, X, Y, Z. So yeah, it just goes back to, you know, there's a lot of great opportunities with technology. Um, we got to make sure that it's secure, right? You know, I'm not going to tell you a hacker is going to try to figure out every per- everyone's passcode, but, you know, I think the most valuable asset on the black market is your uh, is your health records, right? So again, it's just one of those things. We just got to make sure if we're using the technology, it's secured and we're not having any, any issues for the individual or the loved one. Mm-hmm. Are, are there any... Uh programs that you know of in the area that um, help maybe school children uh, interact with these older people, um, almost like an, you know, adoptive situation, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like a big brothers, big sister type thing. Any programs like that that out there. So I've got a relationship with the Gilbert ROTC, and then I recently met, I believe it was Higley's ROTC. I could be off on that school. Um, but so there are some ROTC programs. Um, there are, again, like I said, my office, we did a Valentine's Day card drive, so we asked the community to do it. We had Girl Scout troops, Boy Scouts, we had elementary schools, we had daycares. So there's a lot of interest, right? So there are groups you know, outside of the ROTCs and a couple of the troops that told me that they've adopted some of these different facilities in the area. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so to answer your question, yeah, there are groups. I'm just not sure exactly how active they all are. Okay, great. Um, Any final comments that you would like to make? Uh, No, I mean, I I think we kind of hit on everything. Like you said, I think it's a great opportunity, you know, what our industry is providing to seniors, right? So again, the goal is to keep people at home and comfortable for as long as possible, but as safe as possible, right? So I do think, you know, because there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of businesses and companies out there. So I do think if you're looking for a caregiver, you properly vet them. We do see it's very common, you know, you have the church helping out, you've got the neighbor helping out. We just got to remember, you know, people have good intentions until bad things happen and not everyone's bad, but a slip and fall could be 
very devastating to a, a home, right? So if you've got somebody from the church or from the neighborhood helping you out and they slip and fall in your home, you could be liable, right? So again, when you're looking at the businesses, you want to ensure that the business is properly doing the background checks on the caregivers, right? Because you don't want somebody going into the home that's got, you know, bad intentions. You also want to make sure that that business is bonded and insured in case there is some sort of fall or injury, that business is going to be able to cover that and not the family, right? So there's a lot behind it. And we're always happy to help whether somebody works with us or they're looking for education, we welcome families to come and do our training as well, right? Whether it's dementia, the Parkinson's, or just the new caregiver orientation. So it's definitely, like I said, it's a, it's a great industry. We've, we've really enjoyed it. And I think there's a lot of good people out there doing some good things. Well, great. Uh, James DeVerry, thank you very much for speaking to us. Uh, how can people get in touch with your company? Is it a website or a phone number you'd like to give? Yes. Uh, so our website is Senior Helpers of Gilbert and Chandler. So you can, you can go there. Um, you can reach out to us at 480-908-0976. Okay, great. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure speaking with you. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for the time.